probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabber the HUD, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's a man known for rolling with the criminal underworld as part of the Blyce Runners of Kojimi. Oh, I like that one. That is a good one. That is a naughty run. Blyce Runners of Kojimi. It's good. It's on topic. It's spicy. Literally spicy. Covers all bases. It passes, mate. It passes with flipping flying colours, mate. It's like the mm. it's like the perfect thing you want on your MOT. How on earth are you, Matty boy? I am doing well, mate. Uh, as we say off air and on air, it's one of the highlights of the week. Getting up, coming on, talking with Star Wars with with a, with the greatest Star Wars man out there. Uh, all these great, the greatest listeners in the galaxy listening. What could be better, mate? And yeah. yeah, enjoying the, well, I'd say the warm weather. It's been horrible the last few days, but today's been quite nice. So uh, yeah, a cup of tea ready. Also got a little tinny. So I'm ready to go. But how about you, mate? Are you naughty boy? Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good, man. And like you said, yeah, I, this is one of the highlights of my week. I love talking Star Wars with yourself every week. And I love the little community we've got going. It is absolutely spicy mate uh, listen i'm a bit boring stuff just got a water however i might i might just slide into the kitchen at some point during the pod and grab a tinny i don't know if i've got any beerios though i do i know for a fact i've got a dr pepper zero oh yeah which Ooh. is quick text to the missus head to yeah. the office oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> bring in the dr pepper will ya <laughs> she loves it mate um yeah other than that mate like you said weather's been a bit cray cray um but you know good food uh jerk chicken and rice on the weekend which which made me thought think of you because i know i owe you some chicken you know oh, we are oh, still God. yet to do the commentary our next commentary around my house. Um, but that, quarantine life. That's it, mate. But do, do you know what? That shouldn't be too far away now, you know. I, I've heard they're opening up pubs soon, like in two weeks or something. If they can open up pubs, and I think anywhere anywhere can open, give it's a few British people a point. There's no social distancing. Yeah, that's our, um, that's our Patreon commentary. So, of course, we'll give out those Patreon links later on. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be sitting down talking about uh, the Phantom Menace and having some jerk chicken, and I can't think of anything better. Yeah, it's going to be absolute filth, mate. And and just talking of filth, have we got a filthy show for you guys this week? I mean, I have been so excited for this show. Like, I, I feel like now is the right time to do it. I feel like I'm in the right frame of mind. Matty Boy and I, we're, we're gearing to go, aren't we, mate? Yes, we are, matey. I'm looking forward to this one here uh, to, uh, to slice a bit of positivity through things. But before that, shall we listen to uh, the times of Big Ben Kenobi? Oh, let's do it, mate. John Favreau has confirmed that season two of The Mandalorian will still release this October. The announcement of Project Maverick. The new Star Wars game has been delayed, but will be announced sometime this week. 
According to rumours, Lucasfilm is casting for live-action versions of Thrawn and Ezra Bridger. And Temelon Blave, a.k.a. Broomboy, has said he would like to return to the role in a future story. Hi, I'm Ken Absock, author of Why We Love Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Now, as Lukey Boy alluded to in our introduction there, tonight is going to be a filthy show. It's going to be dirty, it's going to be naughty, and it's going to be a good one as well. We've, uh, we're going to be talking about what we love about the rise of Skywalker. You know, in, in the world, we, lo- we love positivity, we love to inject some positivity into the world. Uh, and we thought we'd do it about this particular film, didn't we, mate? Yes, we, you, you know what, mate, I, oh, bro, I have so many words, so many feelings on episode nine, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we both do. We yeah. both do. But, you know, it's it's no surprise. We did our ranking show a couple of weeks back. Um, Rise of Skywalker, it, did, it is not in our top tier Star Wars films, sadly. Mm. Um, it could have been. And I, 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 a part of me thought it really had that potential. Um, so there is some disappointment there, especially now, you know, nearly six months later, you know, nearly six months of crazy. Um, but... Nevertheless, you know, sometimes you have to almost challenge yourself to look at the positives, but also the negatives, right? If you love something so much, you need to sit down and be serious about, you know, the cons and, of course, the pros, right? So we're just flipping that. You know, we've got something, and we do love Rise of Skywalker, and and trust us, by the end of this podcast, you're going to know that we love the Rise (laughs) of Skywalker in our own little way, you know? It, it's still broken in places. It ain't perfect. There are still some crazy decisions that were made in it. And I am sure, Matty Boy, there is an extended version out there. I don't care what Greg Grum- Grumberg says or whatever. You know, I don't care what anyone, even if J.J. Abrams comes out and says, oh, yeah, no, there's not another one. No, mate. No, you're, you're lying. You are lying. You can tell by by watching the film. I, I know, Matty Boy, you've rewatched the film, haven't you, mate? I've rewatched the film. I rewatched it over the weekend, but since it's been on Disney Plus, I have caught it two or three times, which I always said I was going to rewatch it because it's very rewatchable. But it like is. you said, it's not without its flaws. We've covered those extensively on the review we did in December and on shows um, leading up to this one. So that's kind of our thinking, wasn't it? We're not haters of the film, but we have issues with it and some are quite big. However, there are lots of things that we enjoy and I think for the next 45 50 minutes i think we're going to put a good case forward for what we do enjoy yes yes i i think you've said that way more beautifully than i could have uh, ever said matty boy so with that being said should we crack on with it should we crack on into our first part that really stood out to us i think so mate yeah the uh well, the first part uh was but was, was right at the beginning of the film it's kylo ren dancing and slicing those falls up on what we now know as Mustafar. Because for me, it, we finally got to see Kylo Ren in action. We finally got him to see this like, absolutely like, the warrior side of him. We've seen him fighting Finn and Rey and Skewerin Han, but we'd never really seen him in action. And this is the first time we saw him. And yes, he was moonwalking and like setting falls on fire with his moves, <laughs> which I thought was great. 
but it was just good to see him actually in action and showing what he can do. And that scene in particular did go on for longer because that's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor which was filmed after that. But like, I just thought it was a great way to open the film. Dude, just we, we know there's dialogue that goes with that. There is dialogue of Hux and Pride saying like something along the lines of, wow, look at him go. You know, yeah, like it, there it was the baby attached like to the spiders, the spider attached to yeah. the baby head and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, don't come round flipping telling me, you know, Rise of Skywalker is is the cut we were meant. No, get out. No, it wasn't. We want to see baby heads. Yeah, we want to see baby heads and we want breathing space. <laughs> Give us an extra line on Palpatine. But anyway, we're on positives here. What am I talking about? Yeah, come on, Blylo. Um, yeah, wasn't yeah, it good to see Kylo up. in action? I, listen, listen Blylo in action was absolutely flipping ace the way that dude is just coming around striking down falls like you can tell and i on re-watching it one of the things i really loved was he was very dirty like there's dirt and grit mm-hmm. all over him it's like he's not resting properly you know it, yeah, it's yeah. a very it's a very small touch it, but you, you can tell there is anger and frustration there and he just wants to get his hand on that sith wayfinder thing to find palpatine to get to his goal oh my days that scene was tremendous tremendous i wish it was a little bit longer but the bits we got was was just pure villainy pure villainy it was great Yep, and finding out it was on Mustafar from expanding material is is a pretty cool touch. I wish they touched on that more, but still, Kylo yeah, Ren was no fighting idea. up Mustafar. I'm up, Dude, I'm I had up. no idea. Like first time I watched it, I was like, "You could have, you could have told me that was a new planet," and I'd be like, I mean, yeah, okay. when they zoom, when they actually go to the planet, the first shot is like a very a small orange like lava covered planet. Um, so if you were to look at that, you could kind of think that's got to be Mustafar from when they showed up like, the profile of the planet. But then when you actually see him fighting on this like dusty planet, that's when you think, where are they? So yeah, if it wasn't for that uh, expanded stuff, we'd never know. But that was, I thought that was a great way to start off, mate. Yeah. Terrific way to start off. And it's a, it's a nice little juicy start to the, to the film, to be honest. Um, I mean, up next, obviously, um, Kylo ends up going to what we now know is Exegol. Um, and you, you need the Wayfinder to get there because it's, it's in the unknown regions, right? It's this like secret, um, ancient spiritual planet of, of the dark siders of the Sith. Now, and, and you've put this, Matty Boy, the sound design surrounding palpatine and also the design of exegol you've got these like huge statues which originally were i think were meant to be only about triple uh the size of an average man Mm -hmm. um but they just made them bigger and bigger and bigger and they were like yeah this just looks awesome and i'm glad they went with that because again that the set or everything on exegol looks and sounds incredible apart from one thing, and that is to do with a tube filled with someone or something. Um, other than <laughs> other than that, <laughs> and even that, I can take with a pinch of salt. You know, I, I you know, is what it is. But flaming egg, that that scene, that the look and the feel of it, oh, it is naughty. And the the like, the noise is like <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Yeah, just like that. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The cat getting out of the way of a car crash. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, I, I agree. Other than that, that, that of people in that tank and someone giving the explanation as to why he was there, everything else is great. Yeah, the sound design, I picked that up. That goes through the whole film. Every time we see Palps on Exegol, um, when when Carlo says, what could you possibly give me? He says, everything. Everything. And the sound is kind of like, like it's sucked out through a vacuum. <laughs> And then, and then it screeches back in like it's, uh, it's like something screeching like a blackboard or something like that. I can't really explain it, but it's a very kind of horror aesthetic to the way they did that soundtrack, and I love that. And when Palps is obliterating the fleet, and he puts his hands up, and the sound—it's almost like the seismic charge on Attack of the Clones. The way that the sound gets sucked out again, and then. And in the cinema. That bass drop was like MC Palps dropped that bass. It was incredible. <laughs> like the seat, my seat shook. And the sequel trilogy has had its problems with people saying there's nothing new or there's nothing like cool introduced. That sound isn't going to change anyone's mind. And it is fairly reminiscent of other films in the, in the saga. But, mate, just having little cool things like that. I, I love this. It, all of the sound design surrounding Papa Palps was great. And, yeah, Exegol. The interior, the ex, the interior of the the lair, I think looks great. Like the old um, Sith monoliths that rhymes. The big old Sith statues and the um, where Palpatine is and the throne and just the fact that it's concealed in darkness. And so it's only the crack of lightning which gives you any kind of real light down there. I think it looks great. I mean, the outside didn't really see it, really, did we? But I think inside Exegol, the Palpatine's lair. I thought it looked great, mate. Uh, so yeah, any, anything to do with Palpatine and the sound, I loved. Love that, man. Uh, totally agree. And also the the throne you mentioned the throne that that is a Ralph Macquarie design, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, and I really liked again they're tying that back from the original concept art to to the you know the ninth installment. I think that's fantastic, and it, it looks out there enough to kind of just pass as Star Warsy. But it, it it like pushes the boundaries a lot. Now again, I love this idea of you know like Sith royalty. Mm-hmm. You know this this lineage of the dark side that there should be a leader and a king, a rightful ruler of the Sith of the dark side. I, you know, and that's something that I think could be explored in further Star Wars films. But yeah, I loved how Rise of Skywalker introduced that. Yeah. The throne looked like Claude's head as well. Not <laughs> those bits sticking out the side of That's it. That's true. <laughs> that is very true, yep. <laughs> and, um, one of the other ones I wanted to mention, which because I, I put as a bullet point, was a very small thing for me, so it's very quick, but it's Ray on Ajan Kloss. When she's taking one final look into the jungle and Poe po comes up to her and says, you know, what, what's, what's up, what's, out, what's out there? And she's like, nothing. But so it's just Ray like, taking one last look at another home she has to leave. Before she, because she's obviously left Jakku, now she's having to leave AJ and Kloss, the only real home she's had with her, any real family she's had. I, I love that moment, and you know that she's going to embark on on the journey to save the galaxy. But it's the music in that scene, I love it when when it cuts to the shot from her behind. There's this really lovely high pitched violins um, note, and it gets me every time. And the, the soundtrack may not be the best, but the Rise of Skywalker theme is wonderful it's one of john williams best scores for the last certainly the last decade if not the last two i genuinely love it but that scene with ray just having one little look out on adrian kloss it always stands out for me so i had to include that for my own self 
No, dude, that is a great shout and a great mention. Um, the music is great. And and actually, on again, on re-watching it, I felt like the, they, those were a few of the scenes on Agent Kloss were the ones in the film that, that like breathed a little bit, you know, there was mm-hmm. a bit of space. You good could point. take things out, you know, a bit more, you know, and that's why I gravitate toward it. So I'm glad, I'm glad you noted that mate. Um, and it's kind of hard not to, you know, it's, it's hard not to talk about Adrian Kloss and Ray um, and particularly the beginning of the film without mentioning or addressing princess Leia, our princess, mm-hmm. you know, Carrie Fisher, yeah. um, the task that J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio undertook to include Leia in episode nine and not recast her and not like CGI her loads. You know, I know they said there's not going to be any CGI. I'm, yeah, I, and it, after seeing it, I'm not so sure if that's true. And I don't know. They, they aged her digitally, but, right, I don't, right. but they never like, CGI'd her, her into a scene. So there's always like a body double or a stand-in and the the footage of her is is her but they have obviously via computer technology made her look older because right. obviously the that those scenes were shot in 2014 for the for the force awakens five years before this so they had to age her a little bit but other than sure. that as far as i'm aware it's and you you, you can tell that you can tell that but it's it's done very well you know if i sat especially if you were a kid you know like if you were a kid and you were watching rise of skywalker like you would have no clue you'd have no clue oh, no, that, no. That, that carrie fisher wasn't involved in this production you know you'd have absolutely no clue and i think that is absolutely groundbreaking and and jj abrams and chris terry need a pat on the back for that because that is a job that i imagine a lot of people would not want it is an incredibly hard thing. It's a sensitive matter to deal with. And from that regard, I think they killed it, you know, and I loved um, the the slogan that came out of it, you know, never underestimate a droid. And then later on in the film, um, BB-8 does something real cheeky and helps the crew. And, you know, Ray shouts, never underestimate a droid. You know, oh, that's, that's Star Wars. That is so Star Wars. And... I'm here for it. I dig that bit. Yeah, man. I, I've been, I've said all along, and we've had conflicting opinions, but in the best possible way, together about how they should do handle Princess Leia or General Leia's story. Because for me, I was always on the on the side that you can't not have her in the film by some way, shape, or form. Even if they opened up with a with a funeral scene or something like that, just so so they can mention it. But to have her like die off screen and mention it in the crawl for everything that the the character stands for from from when we saw in episode four, the strong female character and the role model on the icon, you don't just offer off screen and then just brush her under the carpet. And like you've just said there, they had like an unenviable, almost the impossible task of, of handling this situation. And I, I agree. I think they did the best that they could um, short of doing a full on like talking in rogue one with having somebody else in there and having the dots on their face and CGI, that wouldn't have worked. So to know that whilst Carrie wasn't physically on set, but she is in the film, that is her, whether the, whether she was on set, but that is actually her in those scenes is, you know, that it's, it's as good as I could have done. I I love seeing it. Even though when I'm watching it, I'm always sort of looking for the, the giveaway signs, but I still feel good that they managed to, 
get Carrie in one last time. And this is her send off. And obviously with Billy Lord on set, her daughter, she gave it the blessing and she actually stood in for it in one of the scenes we'll talk about, I think, but it's, uh, I think they did the best they could. Some, some of the dialogue is a bit like you can tell they, they had to sure. put something in, but sure. I would rather have that than no carry at all. And I know that kind of flies in the face of when I've said some of the writing in the film, I don't like the writing, but I'd still have a rather have a Carrie fit Fisher slash Princess Leia who feels like she was put in the film than not at all. Just to honour yeah. the legacy of the character, mate. Yeah. Very well said, mate. I, I echo everything you've just said. You've said that so wonderfully and beautifully. You know, I don't think I can improve on that. But yeah, I'm I'm very happy and very grateful we got Leia. Very grateful. And and the way she was handled, the way she was done was very creative and is is you know, deserves respect in itself. So I'm very, very, very thankful for that. Um, and moving on, you know, one of the things that the rise of Skywalker I noticed was the humor was back, baby. The humor was back. And, you know, I love The Last Jedi. I, I rate The Last Jedi better than uh, the Rise of Skywalker. And and I feel like, you know, The Last Jedi is one of those films where if it was tweaked just a little bit, you know, you change, move this about, do that, change this. You know, Last Jedi could be flipping up there with in, in top three easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But the humor, man, lets it down. But the humor in Rise of Skywalker brings it back home, brings us that Star Wars family humor that's quick, fun, a little wink to the audience every now and then. It, it, it's brilliant. It's flipping great. And JJ gets that. He gets it. And I like that. Yeah, he, he nailed the humour from whether it's Ray um, putting her saber on in the caves of Pasana with Poe coming up to her neck with his little torch to the interactions between the characters to even the scene with Leia and Snap Wexley with Rose Tico. You know, can you be a bit more optimistic? And he's like, it's terrific. Everything's great. Lovely, great little moments like that, which just lighten the mood and bring you back to the good time. But Star Wars always needs that kind of cheese in it, that that fun cheese to yeah, it. So yeah, the sure. humour throughout, I think, worked. And I know we've got we've got a few more examples to get on in terms of humour. But as a top level, mate, humour spot on. Yes, yes, totally agree, totally agree. And listen, talk, talking of humour, there is. I think a very lovely, beautiful moment of laughter in this film. And it's shortly after the arrival and what I think is visually one of the most engaging scenes in Star Wars ever. Ever. When they land on Pasana and all the fireworks are like going out, going off and there's like powder everywhere, the colors, the dancing of the Aki Aki, like, mm-hmm. oh my days, that is so Star Warsy. I've never seen that before, though, have you? But it feels Come right. Come on, it's great. It is so good. That is one of my favorite scenes in in the sequel trilogy. And it's it's so normal and so great. And I love it. But you put this, Matty Boy, and I, I have a, I have a counter, well, not not really a counterpoint, but I have a further point to add to it. But you you spoke about the kids laughing on Persona, didn't you? Yeah, it's when Ray looks at the kids on Persona. I think Ray gets good development in this film for the most part. But when she's looking at the kids who are watching that like Punch and Judy show, and she kind of smiles at them, and it it almost reminds her that the galaxy is worth fighting for. That 
you know, the, the this is the the future. These kids who are laughing, having a great time. She doesn't she doesn't want them to grow up and face what she has or what the galaxy might do or what they have done under the empire. So just that little scene of Ray looking at the kids and what it meant to to her, I think was was really sweet little scene. Again, mm. like her on Adrian Kloss, very small, but it's not subtle, but you know, small. But I, I, I really enjoyed that, mate. Yeah, I I am so glad you put this. I'm so glad you put this because this scene, although Persona looks gorgeous, there's loads of color, there's a bit of action, there's a bit of everything, a bit of spice sprinkled all over the place. I'm glad you brought this out, the kids. And and again, this is one of the moments, ironically, where the film does just let you focus in on it, right? Everyone remembers this bit where, where you've got the little alien kids, yaki yaki kids laughing and cheering and stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the alien kids. Um, but one of the things I took from that is that it's us. Mm-hmm, yeah. It reminds us as the viewer of why we watch Star Wars, right? Those kids are all sitting there and they're loving it. They are they are fixated on this story, this Punch and Judy story that's going on, right? It's storytelling and they're all kiddlywinks just sitting there loving it, right? It reminds us of what it is. And that's not saying that Star Wars is, you know, definitely for kids and it's def or it's definitely for adults no it's not that it's bigger than that it's it's looking into that innocence inside of you and that's inside of your kid inside of your nephew you know inside of your niece everyone right Mm -hmm. everyone should be able to watch this mythology and enjoy it to some extent and that's what i got from it it was a reminder of why we were there why we were watching it and um again i don't mean to get all arty farty about it but it you know it's I, I think that that was intentional, and I think it was a wonderful, very grounded moment in Rise of Skywalker. No, it's a great point. It's a great counterpoint to it as well, the in-universe and out-of-universe experience, because that's what film is as well. You, 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 what the film gives you, you know, you take out what you want to take out from it, and that is a very pertinent point, and it's something which I hadn't thought of, but now looking at it, it seems like there is like a message within a message. That was us as kids, and to be fair, as adults as well watching these stories unfold and, you know, loving it. Another one I wanted to mention was one from the trailer shot. So we've all seen it. We all know it. we've seen it in advance, but it, it was Ray versus Kylo Ren slash Ty Whisper on Persona. So not long after that scene, actually, but the moment where Ray kind of taps into the force when she, she lets herself, lets a force consume her and she deep breath, deep breath, close her eyes, right, turn around, wicked wicked turn and zoom into the camera off she sprints over the over the tie slashes its wing off somehow kylo survived it but i just thought it was a great moment of force usage and showing her actually building herself up that whilst she's been accused of being many things which she isn't the fact that she couldn't just do this flip she had to build up to it she had to psych herself up to it and it's almost as if she was convincing herself that she could do it i I, I really like that scene, and again, I know it, I, I kind of gloss over it because it was been it's been in the trailer since this time last year. But um, I just wanted to chuck that out there because I just thought it was again another scene where Ray always having to prove her to herself she could do something. Yes, yes, um, plus um, it looked cool. It, <laughs> it looked. Did you just open your tinny there? I did, yeah. On that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Yes, mate. It looked sick. It looked so good. And again, it's like it's it's a bit slow-mo. We've not had that properly in Star Wars before, you know. But he, I 
I like it. it. It suits the environment. It suits the moment. And once you, once you, you know, you, I think once you're sat there and you're in the cinema and you're watching it, it's, it just looks incredible. Yeah. And I've re, I've rewatched it in my own house. You know, I've got, I've stuck the Blu-ray on. Put the shorts on and, as well. Yeah, that's it, mate. You knew me. Put you saw out. I had my little. PE shorts on. I got my legs out for the lads and uh, had me socks on and everything. I was like, right. Mrs. was having a nap. She was like having one of our random naps. She was like, she went, she went, oh, I'm going to go have a nap. It was at like eight o'clock at night. Who does that? Could go to bed not long after that. I know. I know. He's mental, but yet she can still sleep. Like after she woke up and like stayed with me for like an hour and a half. And then we went to bed again and she like <laughs> slept. For, honestly, I don't know anyone like it, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, that moment, bro, it, it looks incredible, but the way it then transitions into, you know, one of the main propellers of the story, yes. um, you know, the, the, the anger and conflict between Ray and Kylo, because obviously Kylo, you know, survives because he's a beefcake. Why not? Gets, that's it. Swallow. He gets up, bowls it over to Ray, other side of the desert. And he's like, yeah, well, what? And there's obviously <laughs> one of the ships. <laughs> one of the ships are trying to leave. Ray's pulling it. He's pulling it. And it's all a bit crazy. Finn is screaming Ray because that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, go on, boy. I go like, yeah, that's okay. what he does. Um, but you can say, and I think this is testament to Daisy Ridley. You can see the anger and frustration coming out from her. And for me, this was the thing that confirmed it when the lightning came out of her hands, out of her fingertips. You know, bang onto the ship. At that point, I was like, she's a Palpatine. Yeah, she's oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's definitely it. Yeah, fair enough. And you could tell, like, Kylo was kind of not, like, he was toying with her. Like, you could tell that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, obviously, there, there's a lot of plot to work through because, again, that those feelings don't just stop there. You know, they, they, you know, it goes, it goes on and on and on, and she has to deal a little bit more with her dark side, doesn't she? Yeah, I... I really like that scene with, because like I say, because Kylo's almost testing her. I think he's trying to bait her into doing something like that, like she did. Because I think at that point, when when Kylo asked Palpatine, you know, who is she? And Palpatine just get, grins at him like a like a naughty schoolboy. I think Kylo kind of, he's been looking into it. I think he has an, an inkling that she is a Palpatine and that, and I think he was trying to bait her. And, it's a, uh, it's a great scene, but also the way that he pulls back when he sees the lightning, he's like, damn. Um, and the way she, and the way, what I actually like about it is the way Boega screams, no, afterwards, like proper, like he's having it. Um, a Finn, sorry. And it felt really emotional. And then Ray screams, Chewie. Characters in Star Wars actually emoting about a, a subject. I love it. You don't get that often. And that was something that leveled at the OT that your home planet can get blown up. You don't care. With this, I love the way that the emotion that, uh, that comes out of them. But yeah, the way she destroys him, and you, and you think Chewie's gone as well. At the same time, let's not forget, you think Chewie's just been barbecued into Chewie Wookiee meat, but uh, thankfully he wasn't. But uh, yeah, and after Kylo nine miles wide bowled up, there's another shot of him. The way they use the long shot of him swaggering from the distance. I love how they framed Kylo in this. But yeah, then she when she's dealing with her dark side, uh, when she's in the Bestoon Legacy, Ochi's ship. 
And she says to Finn, you know, I'm going to find Palpatine and I'm going to destroy him. Again, Daisy Ridley's really good in these scenes. She's really, really good in, in this whole film. But in those scenes, she's really great. And Finn's questioning her, but she's now having to deal with her dark side. She thinks she's caused the death of Chewie. She's blown up a transport. She's seen what she's capable of, mate. I, I wish we'd got some more of that in like episode eight, maybe just so episode nine yeah. could have elaborated even more on it, but hell, it feels so jarring. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. So we had it in this film, but I like the fact that they actually made her deal with her dark side in a big way. Yes. Yes. Big time. And it, it, you, you see the fight as well between Kylo and Ray, you know, continuing that Ryan Johnson idea that, you know, that there's this uh, dyad between them. Blyad. Brilliant. Brilliant, Blyad, thank you. <laughs> it, is, it is brilliantly done. And there's just some snappy, oh, there's some spicy snappyisms, you know, mm. like Ray's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know what she says specifically, but Kylo's like, let me come tell you. Boom. Oh, and he's just up. Oh. He says, um, he said, he basically, he says, he said, do you, do you know, you know why Palpatine's always wanted you? And she's like, no. Or wanted you dead. And she's like, no. And he's like, I'll come tell you. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, Sick. yeah, you handsome man, you right, damn right, you will. Straight to the point, love it a bit like his daddy, <laughs> yeah. a bit like his daddy. Yeah. Um, and that's another. That is another note um, for our for our positives on this section is the solo isms. <laughs> you know, the pointing at people, the shrugs. Obviously, later on in the film, we're we're gonna get to that people. Oh, yeah. uh, but the shrugs, the finger pointing, everything, everything, very, very. Han Solo, a lot of Han Solo in in Kylo and Ben in this film. Um, but you you really pick up on it during this scene where he's like telling people and bossing people around mm-hmm. um, on on like the it's it's on one of the First Order ships mostly, isn't it? Where he's like telling the First Order crew what what to do on Wagwan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't that, ship, that was a great great little great great little shout out. No, yeah, I just love because he does it when Huck says, "Should we, should we blow up the planet?" And he just and he cuts him short with a point. And you can just imagine behind that mask, he's doing the the kind of like the he's clenching his lips like Han used to do like when he, when 3PO used to speak to him. The yeah, the shrug at the end, or even in like the Last Jedi when he comes sliding across the floor to Ray during the, yes. the Force. I'm sure I remember Adam Driver saying that he he wanted to, he threw in these little moments. Like just for himself, so he could feel like the character was Han Solo's son. He didn't want to be Han Solo, but little moments like that that reminded us that he was Han Solo. And I, I really appreciate that an actor of Adam Driver's caliber would, you know, dive in that deep to to a character like Carlo Ren, who he obviously loves enough to want to put his own little nuances in. And yeah, I love those little. The solo, and yeah, the way he talks to people, the fact that he's a chunk of hunk, the fact that he gets the girl, it's hard, isn't it? Hard all over. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beefcake, isn't he? That's it. He's a, he's a beefcake. He reminds me a bit like the guy I know called Luke Bly, but yeah, yeah. the soloism. No. I love that, mate. And um, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of cool dudes, there was another little guy who, who won everyone over in this film. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Babu Frick, yeah, oh my days, this little thing. Well, that This is one of the highlights of episode nine. Space I think mold. I've told you guys about my auntie. My auntie 
is autistic mm-hmm. and she she has like the mind of like kind of like a four-year-old uh, so she she has severe like learning difficulties and whatnot but she loves films and she does love star wars and actually when i when i think about it probably the first star wars i saw the vhs i'd see rama nan and granddad so i mention a lot mm-hmm. that was probably hers I think because my nan and granddad don't just sit and watch Star Wars. So, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) interesting little factoid. But yeah, I actually took her with some friends to watch Rise of Skywalker in, I think it was January time. And oh, oh my day, she loved Babu Frey. Like she, she would not, and all the kids, like the whole audience just loved that character. And he's a great character. So yeah, definitely worth the shout out. All over Babu Frey. That's a lovely story as well. And Babu Frick didn't feel out of place. He was a nice bit of comedy, but never once felt out of place in the film. And the fact that it was practical and it was, I think Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter was the one voicing it and controlling yes. it. is incredible. And yeah, he's, he's funny. We spoke about him in the shows leading up to the Rise of Skywalker, kind of wondering what on earth was he all about? And is he only going to have a little role? He did only have a little role, but we all we all remember him. And he was one of C-3PO's oldest friends, in fact. But mate, Babu Frick... I, I really I really love that little guy and the fact that he popped up at the end as well on sorry ship. What a lad, hey? What a what a king. Oh. Oh, love it. Love it all, all over, over Babu. All over Babu. All over That's Babu. It, That's it. Um now now from from this moment, obviously there's jokes and there's there's like comic relief and whatnot, but you you really you get the sense that the film like just goes into overdrive on serious mm-hmm. you know um bro the death star fight <laughs> like so they they get onto keth beer which is a joke's name but we're all over it i mean it is our go-to beer now in the bantina isn't too it? Right, yeah. um, too right death star saber fight oh my gosh that is just i think it i think Especially now I've rewatched it in my own home. It's one of my favourite saber fights in Star Wars. Wow. There we go. Yeah. All on the mic. Yeah. There we go, man. It's I'm not saying it is my favourite, but it's it's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. No two ways about it. Because you can see you can just tell what's going into it. You can tell that the acting that is goes into that scene is absolutely incredible. And oh man, like we're we are so blessed to have Adam Driver involved in the sequel trilogy. I'm telling you, uh, that's not to say Daisy Ridley ain't all that because she's fantastic and she's great in Rise of Skywalker. But oh my days, yeah, Death Star fight. What are you, what are you thinking, mate? Well, another scene of Adam Driver, a long shot of him as he comes emerging through the water all wet and beefy looking as like they're really playing on on that man's like nine mile wild shoulders but uh yeah the death star <laughs> saber fight i love the fact that it's it's raw it is angered as emotion you know they're literally they are swinging those sabers like nothing really on um one of the things i said about the sequel trilogy is i the only thing i about the saber fights is there's a lack of stakes which takes me out where in in the force awakens i was i was sure ray or carlo or finn wasn't going to die in this one, neither of them are going to die. Then she stabs Kylo and Leia passes away. But um, as for the fight, though, mate, the setting on the Death Star in the sea. Mwah. Honestly, I really love the emotion, the anger, the pain that went into this. The choreography, which but which didn't look over choreographed, though. I just whereas obviously having the Death Star and everything up in that, whatever you might think about that, but the fight itself and the emotion that went into it. 
I think it was excellent and everything that went along with it. So from from starting it to the end to the aftermath of that fight, I generally do think it's a big, 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 big moment. And I remember, I remember seeing in the trailers and we were excited about you know, what, what, what's going to happen here? What's this all about? Is this going to be at the beginning of the film? Is this at the end? Mate, it's just at the right place as well. And yeah, both of them give their all. And I, and obviously I like the fact that in the end, Kylo, Kylo wins the fight. You know, he before his mother calls him, he wins the fight. Uh, so which again puts paid to any silly things people say about Ray. They've had one fight. They've had two fights and they've both won one each. You know, Dyad and all that. So, Honestly, mate, there was a lot to love about this saber fight, an awful lot. Yeah, man. Like the the first and foremost, Kylo dominates that fight. Yeah. Kylo dominates it. And don't forget, he doesn't want to kill her. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to kill her. He is not trying to kill her. She is trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the end, but he looks doesn't. like he's gonna kill her at the end, but Yeah. Well he, 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 um, he he's he can control himself, and that's actually part of his growth. Mm-hmm. Is that he has he has an opportunity to kill her, and he don't. Yep. He has he had that in the Force Awakens, and he doesn't. Right? There's there's plenty of yeah. But anyway, the fight on the Death Star, like you said, it's gorgeous. It's it's wonderful. Um, and one of the things that I took from this, mate, because again, I echo everything you've just said. But one of the things I took from it is. Um, it, it parallels Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith, Ooh. right? You've got Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith on Mustafar, surrounded by fire and lava, which implies that there's, there's going to be ruin. What does lava do? It comes and it destroys everything in its environment. Mm-hmm. Now, Rey and Kylo are fighting on ruins, surrounded by a storm. But what can water do? When it's tamed right, what can water do? It can bring life. It can wash, okay? wash things away. There we go. It can wash things away. There's there's so much in this, so much in this. Ben is reborn on this. Anakin dies on Mustafar yep. and is reborn as Darth Vader. Kylo Ren dies and Ben Solo is reborn on Kef Beer. And I think, bro, like the 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 parallels to Revenge of the Sith, like seriously, we I think we should do a video on it, man, because like it's so to me it's so clear that there is some sort of parallel there um and it it, it is fantastic it is absolutely fantastic uh and i thought that was worth a little mention no sweet man i'm gonna go back and rewatch it possibly tonight and see if i can see if i can pick out those parallels and please please do a video because i'd like to watch it i know everybody out there who can do would like to watch it as well but I mentioned that Kylo is going to swipe Ray down. His mother calls to him, Ben, and that, and he turns, Ray stabs him. But that is the moment where Leia passes away, which was a big moment in the film. What, again, regardless of what, how everyone thinks that's handled and the ambiguity of how it happened, there was one moment surrounding it, which we both picked, I think, as one of the big moments of the film. And that's when Finn and Poe and Chewie get back to AJ and Kloss and they're like, we have to speak to the general and commander. Daisy's like, she's gone. And Finn and Poe were silent. You could tell on their face, but it's Chewie's reaction. The way, the way he just like yells and drops to his knees, banging the floor. That is, that was, that was proper emotion, wasn't it? Absolutely heartbreaking. It was great though. I really liked it. And like you said, I know there are people that aren't a big fan of it, but I liked it. Mm. I, I was there for it. And I think it was a lovely way 
to tie everything into the story. You know, you could tie Leia's passing into Ben's redemption. You can, you know, close out that character with Leia. And yeah, you know, once again, that's, that's pretty good writing. That's pretty good. That that it's specifically that Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the whole thing. We know what we feel about that, (laughs) but in that, in that instance, that's pretty damn good. That is pretty, pretty flipping good. They gave Chewie some, some meat. And like you say, it ties into the OT when you see the, how close Chewie and Leia were and when Han's about to be thrown in the carbonite, he says, I know Chewie look after the princess and they have that bond throughout uh, and all through canon up until this moment. So you needed that moment of how it affected Chewie. You needed it. Also, not just for, not just to, to tie into the films, but you'd, you'd expect that. Do you know what I mean? He, he didn't, we didn't really see him get to mourn Han all that much, but now, but now we get to see him with Leia. And I think they, they learned maybe a little lesson there. And what we got was great. Yes. Well said. Well said. Again, tying that back to the beginning of the sequel trilogy, lessons learned. Yeah, well well said, mate. Well said. And obviously this this moment is what you're already in the feels and in the emotions in that moment. <laughs> but it leads on to it leads on to one of the greatest moments in Star Wars, in my humble opinion. One of the like one of the standout moments in the whole saga. What are you thinking, mate? Take boy? it oh, you take it away, big boy, because I know this one means a lot to you. It means a lot to me, man. Like Han and Ben. Han is like, hey, kid. And then turns around. It's his dad, you know. Hey, kid. And it's, it's you know, mirroring the scene in The Force Awakens. Oh, man. It's just beautiful. It is absolutely beautifully done. And I know we've already said this on this podcast. We've gone into this scene on the podcast. But it's it's wonderful. It is wonderful. And... You know, just personally to me, this this just stands out so much because, I mean, Matty Boy, you know, and a few of my my close friends know that I went through like a really hard winter and I lost a member of my family. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've had years of just like losing people I love, right? Mostly due to cancer. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, man, I'm telling you, I was in bits of the cinema, but I was, I was, my eyes were just on that screen, just taking it in because it did. You do have these moments, and it sounds crazy. I mean, my dad passed away like five years ago or something, but you have these moments where you can almost tell. I can almost tell what my dad would say to me, right? I can, I can be in a situation, and be like, oh, this what, this is what my dad would say in this. And obviously, in a world where you have the force and whatnot, it echoes that. You know, Han wasn't a force ghost. It was just that was the right thing to say. You know, it was it was it Leia? I don't know. I don't want to look that deep into it. You know, but what I do know is the the emotions that were meant to come off on screen, you know, flipping hell did they did that did they deliver in that moment? Because just the hey kids, the whole scene, the touching of the face, and then like again, Adam Driver, Flaming Egg, he bursts into tears and he's like dad. And I know. I know. I know. Right. Don't worry about it, though, mate. That's what he's saying. Don't worry. Just you, you know what to do now. Yeah. I know. Carry on. Turns around, flipping lobster lightsaber into the sea. Oh my days! Come on, come on. That the rise of Skywalker. That that is that scene. 
That is that scene. And one of the Skywalkers that do rise in this film, in my head and in my canon, in, in, in my heart, is Ben Solo. You know, the mm-hmm. return for one last time of how a Skywalker can come and change the universe again, change the galaxy for the better. Because without Ben Solo, there is no happy ending in this film. There can't be. That's what I think of that scene. Well, I agree, mate. It's lovely, lovely to hear that. What it can mean to somebody on a personal level, and um, obviously to yourself as well. I can, I can fully understand, imagine, sorry, what you could be taking from a scene like that. And it is a, it's a wonderful scene, and they, they know when to pull back. There's no music; it's just the ambient sound of the waves and the two of them speaking. There's no, they don't need John Williams. I thought, never thought I'd say that. We don't need John Williams at the time. You just need Harrison Ford, Adam Driver, and the background noise to sell that scene and. Harrison Ford said one of the reasons he came back to do the scene was because he got one more chance to work with Adam Driver. And, you know, that's not a bad compliment for uh, Adam to hear. But honestly, mate, the way that scene plays out, you know, you're just a memory. It's like your memory. We've said it a few times, but in terms of the writing, they couldn't have done it any better in this scene. Because like you said, there are no Force Ghost Hans or anything like that. Having him be a memory and replaying that moment in his head and the way it um, changes and twists this time around to him lobbing the saber into the ocean, and I'm, I'm nobody's finding that saber for the life of me. You're not, you're not washing. That's not washing up. Um, but also, just to be the, the opening shot of him, the long shot of Kylo standing like a, like a like a not a, war, a knight almost. You know, one yes. one knee ahead of him, yes. just looking out into the ocean, and then it closes oh, in on him. Man. For a big shot. It's beautiful, and then you hear, "Hey, kid." And I'm mirroring the cinema. Everyone is going, oh, because nobody thought Pan Solo was going to, Harrison Ford was going to be in this film. He's uncredited in the film. So you, you wouldn't know if he didn't, by looking at the poster or the, the credits. But honestly, the fact that he was in it, I mean, some people have said, I oh, wouldn't it have been cool to see Anakin in there. Yeah, but it doesn't have to say anywhere near the same no, emotion. It's not, no. At the end of the film, put him no in there, way. like I've mentioned the, the other week. But that scene is the emotional pulse of the rise of Skywalker. And it happened just at the right time. Uh, and just after, say everything that came in the in the Death Star battle and everything from that came out of that, the Force healing, layer passing, and ending with this, it's a fantastic, fantastic moment in the entire saga. Ah, oh, bro, bro, I love that scene, and I, I can watch that scene over and over again. It's one of those. It is one of those, and for that, I am very 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 grateful to everyone who who went into creating the rise of skywalker because that scene just screams to me on emotional on an emotional level you know it just it just i relate to it in so many ways and um i think it, it's just wonderfully done it is wonderfully wonderfully done yeah, um, and talking about heroes thank you mate good 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 stuff but you know you know talking about heroes talking about all just just classics obviously we had han back but we finally got luke skywalker back after an episode away um well well some of the episodes you know yeah. what I mean? like we we hadn't seen luke. i don't mean episode eight shut up luke you know what i mean we <laughs> see luke skywalker go on matty boy take it away well i was gonna say there's there's three moments here which include luke which we've got i believe two of them are from lukey boy and one of them the first one was when i put in and it's when Luke catches the saber and he's walking through the flames. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? He, this the shot of him catching the saber and the music and the, the 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 way the camera moves to show him walking. He's not walking through them. He's actually walking towards Ray, but the way the camera pans around. I just love the way that his introduction is that 
him catching the saber. And as you said, he's learned his lesson from the last Jedi rather than throwing it over his shoulder. This time he's catching it. Was it a jab at Ryan? Who knows? Um, yes or no. There's I, I lean either side some boys. I don't think it was. I mean, I think it was Luke basically just saying, you know, I, I this is how I was, but I've learned and this is where I am now and I'm going to teach you this way. So yeah, just, just a little moment. Yeah, Luke catching the saber and that's how they introduced him was was the one I for me but what do you think about that one and then there was two more from Luke which you picked didn't you yes mate I I actually loved Luke in this film apart from his his hair, hair looked a bit off his hair is horrendous apart from that apart from that it's um I I loved Luke in this film and yeah I didn't think I didn't take the the, the lightsaber thing as a like a you know a, a diss to to Ryan I thought you know, because by the end of the last Jedi, Luke has his his lightsaber back. He's accepted it. He's accepted his responsibility, and he's just you know he's learned his lesson. He's telling Ray, "Don't follow in my footsteps the mistake I made." You know, people need you right now. They need you now more than you needed me. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go, you go help those guys, and he it, to 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 just help her to give her the nudge that she needs. He does something that full circles Empire Strikes Back, and I think it is wonderful. The music, the scene, everything, raising the X wing. Oh my days! Oh my days! The raising of the X wing, mirroring the the music we get on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back, Luke finally does it, you know, and of course he was able to do it beforehand, but to see it on screen and in that actual situation, ah, ah, lovely. Absolutely lovely. I love it. I love it. There's a little smirk he gives to Ray as well afterwards, as if to say, yeah, look at that. Mark Hamill. Look at that. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill smashes it smashes it and then of course we get young we get young mark hamill don't we we do we get young luke and young leia training that scene is absolutely ace they're training there together swollen their lightsabers and stuff oh my days and obviously we get leia's lightsaber that's sick love that um oh man i i just i love that scene i loved everything luke was in but like what J.J. Abrams said about episode nine, you know, once Luke Skywalker does come on the screen, you know, he does, he does kind of steal the show, yeah. you know, and uh, Luke's just great. He's a great character and I loved him in episode nine. Yeah, and I like how they tied AJ and Kloss back to it because those scenes were them training on AJ and Kloss. So then that's how Leia knows where the base is. But like, it's great. And Mark Hamill, I mean, specifically that de-aging or the, or the, or the or composite composite in his face, or what the word is, onto onto that body looked flawless. Mark Hamill did. Leia's one was actually played by Billy Lord, which was a lovely little touch. And Leia's face, like in Rogue One, it was slightly off, but the moment itself was uh-huh. really nice little moment. Just to it just it just expands on like the OT mythology as well. So what happened after after Jedi Return of the Jedi? Well, this kind of stuff happened. Little moments like that, and. Yeah, I'm glad that they very cool that they put that in. But we've got two more, haven't we, mate? Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, so one of the other ones I wanted to say was, um, "There's more of us, Poe. There's more of us." But there are more of us, Poe. There are more of us. 
Oh man, yeah, I cool. love this scene. I love this scene. They're on Exegol. There's X Wings and stuff. They're all getting pwned, man. Like the 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 final order and the first order just wiping them out. And then they get the reinforcement. You know, Lando brings the reinforcement and he brings and delivers that line. There's more of us, Poe. There's more of us. And we hear the Star Wars theme inside of a Star Wars film, which I don't believe has happened before. Is that right? Uh, No, I don't think as explicitly as that, no. Or am I being a moron? Uh, I, I think that was the first time we really hear it in all its glory. I think you may, I think it's like kind of sprinkled sometimes throughout so many other films, but not quite as like, you know, he, he listen to this guy's kind of as that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm now starting to feel like I, an absolute moron. Um, but yeah, no, we, we, we have heard it before, but it's, it's just the way it was presented in that moment just felt very powerful, felt, felt brilliant. I loved that scene. And I, I loved seeing all the ships. I love seeing all the ships. You see the, um, the ghost from, from rebels and everything. You see lots of different things and it's just great. I love the symbolism. It's, it's very straightforward. It's not difficult to figure out. It's the people, the people have risen up, right? Inspired by what Lando's gone and told them. And also by, you know, Luke Skywalker and what he did on crate, you know, that that was the spark. They just needed a little bit of push and they needed to know where to go. Once they knew where to go, boom, they were all there. They all sh- shown up and they, they flipping smashed them, didn't they? They went and nuked them, loved it, there for it. Yep. Yeah, and when uh, at the end, when Pride's like, they haven't got a fleet and the other guy's like, it's just people. I love that moment. Um, yeah, it's great to see. It was a great moment. That uh, Again, we saw it in the trailer. I mean, I wonder what it would have been like had we not seen that scene in the trailer where you think, yeah, maybe this is it. Maybe maybe the heroes aren't going to win. And then suddenly you hear, there's more of us, Poe, there's more of us. And then it sh- and then you, it sh- it, you, you follow Poe's X-Wing. Imagine seeing that shot for the first time in the cinema. I see why they put it in the trailer, but man... It's a big, that's a big moment. It's a, it's a cool moment in the film as well. And I'd like to have seen some more of the ships, but it's a cool moment, which set up the, uh, the big, the big ending, the big uh, finale, the denouement. But um, no, it's a good, it's a good shot there, mate. Mm. And I know you picked, um, well, we both picked, I think the final one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we did. It, just Ben Solo in general, just Ben yeah, in general, just- you know, fantastic fantastic i love it i love it him with it with with the lightsaber just oh my days it's so spicy he you know he shoots the guy from behind his back you know i always think you know there's that video of um someone's done an edit of ben solo like getting off the ship and running and it's to i need a hero (laughs) mate bro like it is perfect it is absolutely perfect and he is the hero love it love ben solo and it's another soloism isn't it when he does the no look kill which i know people will have issues with but mm-hmm. he shoots yep. the guy without even looking at him mate and the only word ben solo actually says is ow that's all he says that's enough yeah. to make us want yeah. to like, support him <laughs> and wanted to take down the, the sith cultists all by themselves but yeah they made ben so and i don't know if that's a, whether that's a conscious decision or not to have him not having any lines but what we got what we got of him makes people want more of actual ben solo um and i'm torn on the moment because i love seeing ben come rushing and saving the day or kind of and then getting yeeted off the platform but I just seeing that makes me want to see more now. Like what would Ben Solo, what would he have become had he lived on? But 
Like just just having that redemption and um, seeing him finally becoming one with the force at the end was, I think that was a lovely moment. But yeah, Ben Solo, man, when he gets the lightsaber, when he does the shrug, even the knights are like, oh, oh damn, oh, this is it now. This is this is it now. It's game over, man. Oh, flaming neck, it's good. It's so good, so good. <laughs> it is. Yes, it it is. just is. Is everything Ben is in just like Adam Driver, man? It's just so flipping good. Love it, love it. But yeah, I think those are our standout moments for the rise of Skywalker. Am I right in saying that, Matty boy? Yeah, they were they were the major moments. We've got a list here of other things that we really loved about the film, but you know we haven't really got much more to say about them other than the fact that we just really like them. So uh, shall we, Lukey boy? Mate, let's do it. Let's run through this mega list. Let's do it. So, number one for me, one of them was Finn and Poe's friendship and camaraderie. Yep, nice one. John Williams' cameo, because he's the Spice Master. <laughs> I love seeing the porks again, mate. Poe and Zori chatting on the rooftop. Yep, the light speed skipping, the new planets and the new landscapes we've got to see. I love that as well. The conference scene, Bulio's head on the table, Kylo, Hux, Kylo force choking too, all sick. Nice. Uh, all of C-3PO's one-liners. The reunion on Ajan Kloss. Uh, Ian McDermott's performance one last time as Palps. Oh, Ray in Red 5 and The Helmet. Yes. March of the Resistance playing as the crew get ready to head for Exegol. Lovely. The Sith Trooper design. Spicy. Good show. Space Horses. General Pride. <laughs> uh, one Blilo Ray mentioned earlier on, but Leia's lightsaber had a sweet design. The alien that sounds a bit like Scooby-Doo piloting Lando's vehicle on Pasana. Okay. Uh, the I Am All of the Jedi scene. And Yellow Lightsaber. Yep, so with that list, with all those bullet points we just blasted through, that was pretty much all the moments that we that we really dug or loved in the Rise of Skywalker. So Lukey Boy, would you say that is pretty pretty comprehensive? No, I'd say so. I'd say that's a pretty half decent list. I know people's lists are gonna change. And listen, we appreciate this is a controversial film you know it's not everyone's favorites but it is a lot of people they love this film you know is their favorite star wars film and um yeah but i think we covered some good ground there man and there are some brilliant moments in episode nine that i'm very grateful for hi this is jamie stangroom you're listening to the star wars session podcast probably britain's greatest star wars podcast now, mate, throughout all of that, we mentioned Kef beer, and the whole time all I could think about was my favourite little dusty drinking hole, and it just so happens to be that we're right outside it now, so should we go and get a couple of Kef beers? Let's do it, mate. <laughs> Those big boy muscles, so as we always do in the band, Tina, we always, we always ask you guys, we wanted to share our main discussion with the greatest listeners in the galaxy, so what were your favourite moments from The Rise of Skywalker? 
Yeah, we got some naughty messages from you guys. So thank you very much. We, in fact, we got a lot. This, this, this gained a lot of traction. So thank you. And we've, we've included all that we can. Um, first up, we got Patron who sent in a naughty little voice message. It's Dimsky all the way from Belgium. Let's hear it. Hi guys. There's many things I loved about the rise of Skywalker. The friendship between Finn, Poe, and Rey, Jedi Leia, and finally a yellow lightsaber. But the thing I perhaps liked the most was Kylo Ren, his redemption from being the baddest baddie in the Star Wars universe, perhaps after Darth Vader, to the heartbreaking breakdown with his dad knowing he was manipulated by Palpatine, just like his grandfather. Ironic. And then finally the redemption, his famous solo grin and the absolute Skywalker strength. I just wish we get to see more of Ben Solo. Stay safe, you guys. Absolutely what a, what a brilliant. Voice. He's covered... What a voice. What a king. He's covered some great stuff on there. A lot of it we've, we've already kind of mentioned. You know, the yellow lightsaber. Always a thumbs up from Blywalker. Yep, and the fact that he managed to say, Hey, Danik. As well, in his voice message hey, was good enough for me. So, But yeah, he ended it like we did. If only there was more Ben Solo. So the King of Belgium. Thank you, mate. The home of the best beer in the world. Uh, in terms of written, we've got uh, Jamie Garwood, Jobby King and Tara Witchen. They chose Chewy Morning Layer. Samuel Allen, the Force Losers podcast. Another patron, legend, King of New Zealand, Darth Dildo. And OMG Haggis went with Ray and all the Jedi. Patron Paul Buckle, Jedi Princess K, the Drift Space. Falziver95 and the Star Wars podcast. <laughs> They went with the redemption of Ben Solo. And Javen Thomas and Milson87, where they chose the People's Fleet arriving on Exegol. Oh, all great choices. Great choices. Um, yeah, brilliant. Seeing the Tantive 4 was the best for Darth Mucky and Johnny Olith. But Johnny also went on to say it was great seeing the Resistance fleet leave Ajan Kloss and he got that music there. Oh, spicy. Mm. Uh, Josh Cooper loved seeing Wedge Antilles once, once more. Oh, great shout. Uh, Star Wars fan 327 picked the moment Palps explained how he returned with the Revenge of the Sith line. And patrons OT Nix and Jay Glover Art chose Luke raising the X-Wing on Acto. Great choices, guys. Some great moments there, man. Uh, we got another voice message uh, from Shane Daly. What a man. What did you have to say, Shane? Hello, everyone. It's Shane, SD1985UK from Instagram. Um, my main highlight for the Rise of Skywalker had to be the acting of Adam Driver with Kylo Ren's redemption arc bringing it full circle through the whole films, watching the uh, boy become a man, and the standout scene in the whole film for me with um, Harrison Ford and Adam Driver on top of the fallen Death Star uh, really blew me away and brought a tear to a very large man's eye actually in the cinema. Um, yeah, I thought that was the best moment in the whole film for me. Uh, a little bonus shout-out for Babu Frick as well. Uh, what an absolute spicy legend. May the force be with you guys. All the best. Great to Thank you so much for sending that in. New voice to the show. Adam Driver's acting with the reject. Adam Driver's acting in period in anything is incredible. The mm. Han and Ben scene, which we mentioned, but also he said it blew him away and it brought a tear to a. He said a big man's eye in the cinema. 
It, took, it brought a tear to a hunky eye like Bly. It brought a tear to a small girl like me and a big man like Shane as well. <laughs> Shout out for Babu Frick. Always there for Babu. So, Shane, mate, thanks for that. Shane, King of Suffolk. Bringing the heat. Love it, mate. <laughs> uh, up next, we've got Palps obliterating the fleet being Brock Bellinger's choice. Nice choice, Brock. Uh, the Kajimi sequence, the world building, was enough for C. Brazier 90. Uh, and then Adventures by Jess was won over by Babu Frick. And the force fight between Ray and Kylo was Fly on the Wall Podcast's number one. Oh, great choices there, guys. Some great shows. I didn't even think about the force fight. Uh, Nor how Quayar chose the kiss, the Raylo kiss. And patron Sean Hudson, know him. Hannah Ashton, Star Wars Ian, Connor, it's a trap. Emily Bonner, Dave Dunn, the Swedish Jedi, amongst many others. They all went with the scene with Han and Ben on the Death Star. No doubt that was the most popular one. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And then finally, we got another little cheeky voice message from a new listener, a new, a new guy to our community. We reached out to him and we asked for a voice message because he seemed like such a legend. It's Dakari Holder. Let's hear it. Hey, thank you guys so much for letting me join this podcast. My name is Dakari Holder. I am a film buff, but I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan and... Possibly my favorite part from The Rise of Skywalker is when Luke lifts up the X-Wing for Rey. Um, it is a fan service moment, but it gave me goosebumps and it almost brought tears to my eyes when I first saw it. It's a callback to Empire for sure, but I love how it's literally a passing of the torch to the new generation. That's what the sequel trilogy was all about. Fantastic. Amazing. Thank you so much for sending that in, Dakari. And I think you've you've just mentioned one of the my favorite things in the rise of skywalker you know again the full circle rise of skywalker empire strikes back luke's journey man that was one of the things i loved in the cinema and it gave me goosebumps too so i'm so glad you mentioned that mate thanks again for sending that in yep the lit the passing of the talks to the new generation is what this sequel trilogy is all about so oh that's a nice way to win the entire Rise of Skywalker best moments was that it was the end of the line for the old guard and they passed the torch to the new guard. So, Dakari, mate, Dakari, thank you so much for that. Check him out on YouTube, uh, just Dakari Holder. Uh, he's on YouTube, does a lot of sweet videos. So, go check him out on there, guys. And if you haven't, go do it. But that's all of our uh, messages we got. For those who didn't get on the show this week, please do keep sending them in because we love hearing from you guys, as we always say. And maybe next week we'll get you on or the week after or even the week after that. But guys, we appreciate it every week. Yeah, yeah. Keep sending them in, mate. Keep sending them in because they, they're they all good. They're all spicy and we want to include all of them. You know, sadly, otherwise this, this show would be way longer. But yeah, keep, keep <laughs> bringing them in, mate. This is good stuff good i'm son mate like I'm, st- I'm speaking to one person singular one person that like in this you are context all one listener we, we yeah. all love we love you all the same but yeah, rather, yeah so we we would love a seven hour that's session it. but unfortunately and i'm sure i'm not sure if i could sit through that but uh, yeah thank you guys so let's move on to some patreon questions shall we yes good shout mate good shout um yeah first up we got a question from decky moore who asks if you could choose anyone within the star wars universe character or actor who would be your dream guest on the podcast um okay so who would be the 
dream character. You know what? The fact that you've put actor Decky, bro. I I would I would I mean there's a lot I want Harrison Ford I want Hayden Christensen I'd love Ewan mm. McGregor and I'd be grateful for many 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 a plethora of people I'd be really grateful for but I would love to interview Mark Hamill. It's Man. a great show. Love Mark Hamill. I think that's my answer. What about you, Matty boy? Ahmed Best. I would uh, yeah Mark Hamill, George Lucas. Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley, English Rose. Um, I'd love to speak to Mark Hamill. I think Harrison Ford would be a that would be a tough old interview. That would be, but I'd love to speak to George Lucas about just everything. Yeah, that I think would Mark be Hamill be hard would work. be sweet. No, yeah, I think Mark Hamill would be a sweet interview. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, if not Daisy Ridley, then definitely Mark Hamill, mate. So uh, Decky, the Irish boss man, who would you choose? And again, we as I always say, we throw these questions out to the whole community. Who would you guys love to speak to if you had the chance? So, Decky, mate, thanks for the question. Look forward to your next one next month. Uh, we also had the King of Surrey, one of them. Alex Jessup, local boy for me, huh? He asked... Uh, <laughs> this question got me when I read it. Here we go. If you could fight anyone in the Star Wars universe, who would it be and why? <laughs> I was like, is that like bare knuckle or lightsaber? Or, I love um, it. Yeah, do you want to fight? Do you want to fight? Yeah, do you want yeah. to fight? Come outside. Uh, Darth Maul because he never wins a fight he's never won a fight so I'd take him down I wouldn't fight Ray Park because he'd rip me limb from limb um, otherwise I would take on that short drunk fellow on Canto Bite the one that burped on BB-8 he's about the same size as me and I reckon I could give him a run for his money who would you fight I just Luke? think it's hilarious if you could fight anyone <laughs> if you, <laughs> you could, could throw down of anyone, anyone. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm sitting in my chair thinking who the hell I'm just sitting there working, I, I, you know, and I, I take my glasses off. I don't wear glasses, but in this situation, I'm wearing glasses. I take them off, slowly put them on my desk and go, I really want to fight someone in the Star Wars <laughs> universe today. Who am I going to fight? Smash oh, his fist against Who am I face? absolutely going to smash? Well, who are you taking down, mate? <laughs> um, do you know what? I have, I, as soon, I, I think there are loads of options, uh, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> loads of options of who I'd you want to uh, knock out. Slap up. I'd want to slap up a few people, but I think it'd be well funny to just, uh, you know, jab of a hut on his own. Yeah. <laughs> Without any, him, like, slave masters or bounty hunters around him. He is just, like, sitting there, isn't he? Needs a sitting like, duck. Do you know what I mean? Just spar, spar him and just, like, when he comes close to you, just run away. Just go behind Do him. Do a Yui on him. Go That's around it. the back. Bash, 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 bash. Yeah, I reckon Jabba. Just for the bants. I reckon you could take. I reckon you could take Jabba quite easily, yeah. mate. That, that great. I mean, great, great question, Alex. It's. I mean, that's probably the best question. With we're not going to get any better questions than that. <laughs> Certainly not going to get any more that goes straight to the point. Uh, I mean, uh, as for the why, I, I think that I kind oh, of why? answered that. You know, Jabba's annoying. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Uh, well, Darth Maul because Jabba's he never wins annoying. a fight. There we go. That short drunk geezer on Canto yeah, Bite. Or Zero the Hutt. Oh, zero the hard to play him out. That short drunk fellow on Canto Bite, the one Mark Hamill uh, voice, just because he burped on BB-8, he showed no decorum in a place of class. So, sorry, mate, we'll take, we're taking this outside. That's why. You'd fight him? Yeah, because he's about the same height as me. You'd fight him. What would you do? Drop kick him? <laughs> I'd pick him up, yeah, and like, pick him up up and under Drop through the goalpost. Drop kick him off the cliff. That's it. I'd do a Johnny Wilkinson special, bosh, straight into That's the ocean. It. 
I was just thinking that. Classic. Yep, that's it. Love it, mate. Thank you for sending in that spicy question, Alex. You know me, boy. I love it. Uh, up next, we've got Sean Hudson who asks, do you think any material will come out expanding on the fact that Finn is obviously force sensitive? Thanks for sending that mm. in, Seanie boy. Um, yes, I think there could be. Ooh. I think there could be. And I actually think that would be grounds for a really cool little story. I would love a video game on it. Good show. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of potential for like just playing as Finn, you know, getting trained with, with Ray and, you know, maybe Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. Or yep. him. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. What about you, mate? Um, do you know what? I'm on episode. I think, it, I think they may kind of allude to it or mention it, but I don't think they're going to do it significantly. Um, only because... Lots of people in the the galaxy are force sensitive, but without ever without actually being able to manipulate it. Other than, got Finn, all he ever does is he has a sense, he feels things. Uh, lots of people in canon have got sense and feel things, but they can't actually use it. So it may not be much of a big deal, other than the fact that oh, it's cool that he can sense what's going on. But that's it. Um, and Boyega may or may not be coming back to Star Wars, so he certainly wouldn't see it on the big screen. But a video game, I'm sure you could certainly get him back in the recording booth to record some lines, mate. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely plausible. I, you know, I'll watch this space in the next few years. You never know. And if not, comics and books, man. Yeah. Comics and books. You know, Matty Boy's favourite. Yep. I think comics, you're more likely to. I'd love to see a book about Finn, but uh, I think a comic's much more likely, I think. Mm. A mini series or something. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think I think you could be right there. I think you could be right there, mate. Well, guys, thank you for your Patreon questions. We're going to roll out another few next week and a week after that, and then we're going to keep doing it until uh, well, forever. So, guys, thank you very much. And once again, everyone listening, let us know what you think about those questions. Who are you fighting? Are we going to see a Finn, <laughs> um, a Force-sensitive Finn in canon going forward? Um, so let us know. But uh, moving on, T Public, you want to wear our shirts? You want to see? Want to wear the Star Wars Sisters logo? You can do. tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Star Wars Sessions. We have a range of t-shirts with the now famous Star Wars Sessions logo on. So if you do want to go and uh, buy some, please do. We'd, we'd love to see you wearing it. So if you do end up buying one, ping us over a picture and we'll uh, we'll share it everywhere and share the love. So yeah, if you want to wear some merch, head on over to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yep, awesome. And we got a rocking Discord server going. People are lovely on it. They're all friendly. Uh, if you want to join in the action, it's like a group chat yeah. all about Star Wars stuff. It is great and it is certainly spicy. Um, so if you want to join in that, just send us a DM and we'll send you the link. Yep, please do because it's a, it's a, it's a burgeoning chat which is getting bigger and bigger and maybe we'll ask everyone who they want to fight as well. And finally, we mentioned on last week's show, but we'll mention it again. We'll keep doing it until the voting closes. But we'd absolutely dearly love if you could take 59 seconds of your time to head on over to BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote and vote for Star Wars Sessions as the best British podcast out there because we'd love, we would love to be up there in the ceremony in London or wherever it is in our tuxedos, repping the sessions and representing you guys. Um, and it would mean a world to us as well so if you do love the show that much and you've got a spare minute head on over to britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote but speaking about awards let's move on to somebody who deserves an award 
just for the timbre and tone and luster in his voice. Let's hear something else from Curtis Smith. TIE Pilot. Mistaken Identity. I am death from the skies, and they fear me. I am agile and quick, so they can't flee. I'm mistaken for Vader, black suit, respirator. I tell them I'm not, but I could be. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Thai pilot, mistaken identity. Curtis, mate, thank you. Reaving out the classics on that one. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but the dinosaurs looked at Curtis Smith the wrong way once, and we all know what happened to them. Oh, I love it. Love (laughs) it. Always Curtis. Always a spicy legend. It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Yes, you heard the themes, guys. You heard it. It's the game. It is the spicy weekly Star Wars Sessions game. Matty boy, are you ready? Yes, I am. (laughs) I am. Deep breath. Oh, good man. It is a naughty one, and it is very, very spicy. So I hope you're ready. Uh, The name of this week's game is called The Creature Mystery. (laughs) The Creature Mystery. There we go. The Creature Mystery. There we go. So let me me give you the premise of the game, okay? Okay. So there is a real-world creature, okay? Mm -hmm. A real-world thing that shares its name with a Star Wars creature. Okay, so they have the same name. I'll give you an example, and this isn't it, but let's say in Star Wars there's something called a giraffe, yeah? Yep. And on Earth it's a giraffe, and they're pr- they're pretty similar, okay? They have the same name, Okay, same thing. They might look slightly different. You get, you get the idea, right? I dig, yeah, I get it. Cool, brilliant. Okay, so, bum, 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 bum. so the Star Wars name of this creature you have to figure out what creature it is okay and you have five questions okay so what do i have to okay. uh, work out just the... five to figure it out is it the star wars name or the real world name well they're they're the same okay right and oh, i see so you're gonna give me five okay got you now yep okay okay you got five questions, but I'm gonna help. I'm gonna try and help you along the way. I'm not just gonna give you that, but I'm gonna see where your mind's at with your first question. Okay, I'm gonna okay, give mate. you good answers. Okay, mate. <laughs> okay, so the, you, over to you. First question, mate. Right. Um, do, uh, do they li- do they live on land or do they fly? Oh, good question. Yeah. They swim. Oh. So they, they swim. Swim. Uh, there's always yeah. a bigger fish. Uh, so they yeah. swim. Okay, right. Um, did we see them in the? F- have we only seen them in the films? I don't think so. Oh, so maybe expanded so. canon as well. Uh, and it swims. Something which has been in canon that swims. Um, what colour are they? 
I think I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're 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 both actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be awkward. Gonna be yeah, but uh, I'm pretty sure so in 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 the real in our world, okay, they swim, but in the Star Wars world, I'm pretty sure they can go around like the, the ground and stuff. <laughs> um I oh, just had to double check because oh, I was like, wow. actually, no, I don't think it was underwater. Wow. So, so in the real world, it it yeah, in our world on Earth, it swims, but in Star Wars, it it doesn't necessarily have to swim. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's so hard, isn't it? <laughs> what color? Uh, they're like a very dark, a very dark bluey purple <laughs> with red eyes. Um, <laughs> um, are they mates with Ezra Bridger? Oh, good question. No. Oh no. But you're thinking along the right lines. You're 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 thinking like animated show. Mm-hmm. Um, so bluey purple with red eyes. Bluey purple with red eyes. They swim in our world, but in Star Wars they don't. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because well, um, you were thinking. I see what you think. You're thinking of the whales, aren't you? I was thinking space, space whales. whales, yeah. Oh, um. Yeah, very good guess. Very, very, very good guess. Blue. But not quite. Wrong era, too. Red eyes. So it's Clone Wars. Oh, uh, I've got one more question, right? So, <laughs> so they, they're on Earth and they swim. They're on Earth there and they swim. They swim here. They're bluey purple with red eyes. It's Clone Wars kind of era. They're not Ezra Bridger's mate. So I'm going to guess my final guess to get an up, my final clue guess. Um, oh, blimey. Uh, how big are they? <laughs> how big is it? I know it is so difficult. It, as soon as you say you it. One last tip because I can. I can I can see, I can see you struggling, right? So, and I don't blame you. I would be in pieces right now. Like, I would not get this. Um, I'm going to give you a clue. Okay. 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 I'm going to give you a clue. You have five questions for a reason. This is symbolic of the clone trooper fives. Hmm. Fives. Yeah. He's the one who found out about Order 66. It's the red eyes bit, which is getting me. Swimming, red eyes. <laughs> Don't be too focused on like the red eyes, because like, yeah. How big is this thing? It's big. in the In the Star Wars universe, they're pretty big. in 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 a, On Earth, they're like they're like snake size. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt's like, like that does that? not help like, whatsoever. A snake that's massive in space it not doesn't like it. go in the water. But <laughs> <laughs> um, for I'm absolutely stuck. As soon as you say what it is, I'm going to smash my head against the wall. Uh, I'm going to fight myself in the galaxy. Um, Clone Wars, big thing. Do you, do you give up or do you want one last clue? one more clue one more clue please because i like this one 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 more clue okay so the so the clue is the painting on five's armor is of this creature 
Oh, I don't remember Five's armor. Um, purple, bluey, purpley, bluey. Yeah. Purpley, bluey geezer. Uh, <laughs> um, he's a snake down here, but it's massive up there. <laughs> um, I generally don't. <laughs> I don't no idea. But it's got the same name as something in in the. Do you want to know? Is it uh, an eel? Yes! Is it? It is! It's Eels, boy! Eels! Jelly Deals, Cockney Boys! <laughs> yes, Matty Boy! Ooh, it ooh, is, ooh. it's Eels, boy! Yes! Eels! Yes! That and was this, a stab and in this, the dark. And this is what made, this is what made me think of it. Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Bore it through your mind, through your tummy, through your anus. Eels. 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 I'm so happy you got that, and I'm, mate. I am shocked. I did not think you were get, gonna get that. It was, a, it was, it was like the hail mary, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was the, it was like Manchester United in the 1999 Champions League final, the last minute winner, mate. It was, uh, yeah. I'm proud of myself for that. I'm, I'm glad about it. Yeah, I, I did. I never thought you were gonna get that. That is very impressive. And that song is from a TV show. It's a BBC show with Noel Fielding in it. He is known for the uh, Great British Bake Off. It's called The Mighty Boosh. I strongly recommend it. And I was listening to that song and it made me think. And, and plus we were talking about pie and mash and eels like a couple of weeks ago and stuff. Yes. So I was like, eels. I was like, how can we build a game around eels and Star Wars sessions? And so I Googled That's Star the Wars eels. On this show. I mean, there's Star there's Wars everything. Right? We're talking so about pie and I mash. Thought, yeah. Eels and Star Wars. You didn't think they'd go together, but they do. They do. No, so I've, there you go. I've just googled. I've just Wikipedia'd Star Wars eel. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, <laughs> well, yeah. The colo colo clawfish of Naboo. Wow, look at that. It's a uh, doesn't look like one you'd see down the east end. No, not quite. That you know. See, there's different types of eels in Star Wars as well. So maybe we should do an episode on eels, the eels of Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's the armor deal of Yavin Four. <laughs> there's the there's the big de eel, which is Finn. Ha ha Fisto's comment was Yeah. Kit like Fisto it. said, Ah, eels. Very yeah. dangerous. That was yeah. the Wikipedia quote, but yeah, big deal, that's my one. I like it. Very good, Matty Boy. Very good. But that is this week's game. But about 
Yes, bang. What a great game. How am I going to top that next week? I'm not sure I can, but I'm going to do my best to have some sort of like eel-related game. But sadly, that is that for episode 67 of Star Wars Sessions, Eels. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us and our eels online, Master Blywalker? You can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk at our swanky website uh you can also find us on twitter at star wars session with no s at the end that's at star wars session on twitter they can slide into our galactic dms on instagram at star wars sessions that's at star wars sessions on instagram or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or message to our email address sws at what i watched tonight.co.uk that's sws uh, what i watched tonight uk, and if you want to support the show further please consider checking out our patreon at patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions we're on anchor fm spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in and everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast you're going to find us there and if you love our show please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com it's the imdb for podcasts it's awesome we're on there. So like I say, if you have a spare 30 seconds, please do consider dropping us a review on there as well. It helps us out more than you know. It gets new listeners in so we can build even greater engagement for this wicked community. And we just love hearing from you guys each and every week. So once again, thank you. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your eel, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin the more the merrier. Are the castle spicier? Just only tell the eel this week. Tell him this is the <laughs> podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, it's see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke. <laughs> They are Essex-based podcast heroes. Sacrifice. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>